At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Tuesday, the 27th on the Just Baseball Show, we're talking about La Piedra. We're talking about Luis Castillo, who agreed to a five-year, $108 million extension. But he's on a team that's slumping at the worst time in the American League. Good thing it won't bite him in the ass, because the Mariners are, in all likelihood, unless they implode and the Orioles go ballistic, going to be in the American League wildcard. The National League wildcard is where it gets really intriguing. We're going to talk Brewers. We're going to talk Phillies. We're also going to talk who the top team in the National League wildcard is going to be because there is a massive series this weekend that might run into some issues because of weather. Jack McMullen, Peter Apple, just baseball show for Tuesday. Can I tell you what I am just grinding right now? Absolutely. Not the most recent season of Love Island USA. I'm still watching 2020 uh, COVID, like Vegas quarantine bubble, Love Island. I love shit TV. What's wrong with you? A lot. A lot of things. I'm, well, what's wrong with me is that I'm watching Broncos 49ers 11 to 10 when I have the over. So we're both equally watching shit products. I like so my I guess product. you're in the right because I'm actually losing money watching shit products. You're just sitting there watching Love Island. Why do I'm you lo- want to admit that? I'm losing $6 a month on Paramount+. Plus. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But I'm fine admitting it because it's. I think everybody has something a little brain dead that they do. Okay. And that that's my little brain dead thing right now. And we're at the end of the regular season. I think everybody's running on fumes. I've got three more days left in the minor league baseball season. I need something to shut my brain off to hold multiple baseballs. I have just one. So I am therefore lesser than you. But everybody needs something to shut their brain off. I'm looking forward to shutting my brain off for a little bit, gearing up for the postseason. And the good news for the majority of teams is that they can shut their brain off for a little bit. We've got a lot of teams locking up postseason spots. We've got a lot of teams, unfortunately, eliminated at this point. But we can start with the NL wildcard because that's really the only thing that is super pressing. Atlanta and the Mets are both in. And we'll get to Atlanta and the Mets shortly here. Um, San Diego is holding on to that second wildcard spot as it stands right now. It would take a big-time downfall for San Diego to not make the postseason and not make the wildcard series. But where it gets really interesting is Philly and Milwaukee a game and a half back. The magic number for elimination for San Francisco is two. That number is nine for Milwaukee. Philly is 83 and 69. 
Milwaukee is 82 and 71. Again, a game and a half back of that final wild card spot. You've got Milwaukee's schedule. I've got Philly's schedule. First and foremost, hit me with the state of the Milwaukee Brewers. Freddie Peralta just got reinstated, but how are they vibing? Do you feel? They're also kind of limping to the to the end here. I mean, right now, as we speak today, the Brewers are six and four in their last ten. The pitching has been there. The bullpen has been better, but overall, and the offense has been pretty good. But they're not, they're not dominating. Like they're not taking this over. They're not seeing the opportunity and snatching it out of the air. But the same thing could be said about the Phillies. That's why I feel like it's a really interesting conversation because as we stand right now, the Brewers are just a game and a half out of the Phillies. And we do have like 10, 12 games off. Like the the Phillies are not a guaranteed postseason team, but the Brewers might be. But then the reason why we're not going all over the American League is because the American League wildcard as it stands today, the Seattle Mariners are four games above the Baltimore Orioles. And if we're talking about magic running out, the Orioles, it's run out. It's run out. And the Blue Jays and the Rays are definitely in there. And it's most likely going to be the Seattle Mariners. It's about like a 98% chance. But the Mariners have lessened that because they have not been playing well lately, which we will do after this. But yeah. similar to what we did for the Mets and the Braves, predicting who is going to win that division, we're going to look at the remaining schedules and say, ooh, where are the wins? Where are the losses? Could the Brewers actually overtake the Phillies, yeah. because if we look at the Phillies in their last 10, three and seven, yeah, Brewers six and four. So it's not like the Brewers, when you ask the state of how they're doing, it's not like they've gone on this crazy run and thought to themselves, we can really take this over, but they've certainly been playing better than the Phillies. And now this is a real conversation. We don't really have any races in Major League Baseball. We have races for Judge to go over 61. We have Pujols hitting 700 home runs, but the real races is only this one at the moment. Yeah, it's the only one. What I will say is you've got some guys playing good baseball right now on both teams. And let's start offensively here because Philly is on the inside looking at Milwaukee, who's trying to nip at their heels. Bryce Harper's been bad in September. Mm-hmm. 20 games, he's hitting a buck 67 with an OPS at 626. In 20 games in the month of September, punched out 27 times. So he's not helping them out. Bryson Stott has been full-blown bad across 19 games in September. But now the good. JT Realmuto is hitting 200 with an OPS over 900 in 20 games in September. Kyle Schwarber, a lot of bombs. (laughs) He's so interesting because (laughs) Schwarber in 21 games this month, hitting 213, slugging 488. That's what he's going to be for the rest of his life. And I'm totally cool giving him 19 a year to do that. I'm here for it. I'm here I'm for totally it. I'm totally here for it, man. But, but if we're looking at defense for Kyle Schwarber, this year oh. rates is the worst defenders in all of Yeah, sport. don't do it. I saw you put out the Andrew Vaughn thing. Uh, Vaughn has, like, been one of the worst defenders in baseball. Not one of. Position. The, the worst. worst. The worst. I got to figure out how the hell I feel about that because his bat is so fun. I want his bat on the White Sox. I obviously don't want his glove in the corner outfield positions. He's terrible out there. Literally the worst. We make fun of Schwarber. We make fun of Nick Castellanos. Andrew Vaughn has been worse than both of them in the outfield. That's just, and it's not, he's been worse than them, but not worse than anybody else. In terms of outs above average, your leader in the negative category is Andrew Vaughn. And it's not even all that close. Right. Because Um, he's a first baseman. 
as is Playing. Eloy, as is Sheets. Eloy's not a first. Eloy's a DH. Let's be honest. Vaughn and Sheets can play first. Eloy Jimenez is a DH. But we're not talking about the White Sox. They're dead to me. And it was an elite, elite, elite Twitter post by the Cleveland Guardians doing the uh, Fresh Prince of of Bel-Air, like, empty room. Um, I'm not sure if you saw it, but White Sox talk at the beginning of uh, the season that's like affiliated with NBC Sports Chicago. They, you know, tweeted the the photo of Will Smith standing in that empty room. It was, you know, waiting to see if anybody else from the division is going to show up this year. And, and Cleveland clapped him back and they kept receipts, obviously. But we jump back to the Phillies here. We talked about the good in Real Muto and Schwarber. We talked about the bad in Stott and Harper. Where do guys lie in the middle? And I think this is going to be very telling offensively here. Brandon Marsh in 16 games in September, hitting 308. Alec Bohm OPSing 750 in September to this point. Now you look at Milwaukee, you look at top end talent in September, you look at who's really sucked, and you look at the middle. Top end talent, Tyrone Taylor has been good. Willie Adamas has been great in September. Uh, Omar Narvaez has been bad. Jace Peterson been bad. Garrett Mitchell been bad. Christian Yelich been not very good. 670 OPS. Who's in the middle? Luis Urias, Hunter Renfro, Rowdy Teles. I have so much more confidence in the Phillies offense. It's not even close. Yeah, but I have more confidence. I have more confidence in the Brewers pitching. So let's talk pitching, shall we? Shall we? Right now, the innings leaders in the month of September for the Milwaukee Brewers are Corbin Burns, who's got a 4-4 ERA over his last five starts. But he did pitch better in his last start. Yes. But Adrian Hauser, who's made four starts this month, has a 2-8-9. Brandon Woodruff has a 2-7-6. Uh, it'll be really interesting. Eric Lauer stunk it up in his three starts in September, but you get Freddie Peralta back. Um, I don't know how to feel about the starting rotation there. And as you look at Philly and their starting rotation, how they've fared in the month of September here, Kyle Gibson has a nine and a half ERA over his last five starts, 22 and two thirds innings, 39 (laughs) hits. Opponents are hitting 379 against Kyle Gibson in the month of September with a whip over two. Not very good. Not, Not what good. you want as <laughs> September ends. Now, the other side, right? Aaron Nola has a 208 over his last four starts. Ranger Suarez has a 318. Noah Syndergaard has a five. I. It's hard, man. Like, both sides have these pluses and the minuses. And that's why schedule is going to be so important. Wake me up. When September you gotta get through it first. Ends. You gotta get through it first, and I know. then you can wake up. Wake me up. When September aren't you gonna harmonize with me? No, you're not that wake good. me. You're up. not that good. You're not stop. <laughs> All right, let's talk schedules. Let's talk schedules. Take us through Milwaukee. Okay. Milwaukee Brewers. Not too tough. They have an off day today as we're recording on September 26th. Uh, but then they have a two-game set against the Cardinals. Um, that's going to be pretty tough. Um, I'm going to say, so what Arm and I did, we we projected the wins. Okay. We projected the wins. I'm going to say they split that series. I think that's fair. Let's quickly look up who are some of the projected starters for Tuesday. I've got and it. Wednesday. I've got it. Tuesday is Michaelis against Hauser. Hauser been good in September, sub-3 ERA. Uh, yeah. Miles Michaelis is the forgotten starter. And then Wednesday is Jose Quintana against Brandon Woodruff. Quintana been great as of late. Woodruff been really good as of late. 
Brewers could win both of those games. I expect the second game to be pretty low scoring considering that the Brewers have not been as good against lefties this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Brewers take both of those games. Michaelis has not been very good in the second half and Hauser has been and to your point in the past couple of games. But if we're looking at a kind of over the full season, Michaelis should and the Cardinals should win that game. And the Cardinals are a better team too, but the Brewers are more motivated to win. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if the Brewers win both of those games, but do you think it's fair that they split? Let's be safe projecting? and call it a split. Let's be safe and call it a split. Okay, then the next two games, next they four. face the next four games. I just switched over to the calendar because I'm going from September to October. Forgive me. Four games against the Marlins. I'm going to give them three of those. Yeah. So you get let, a Corbin Burns start. Yes. You get an Eric Lauer start against an historically bad Marlins offense against lefties. Historically bad overall, but historically emphasis on historically bad against lefties. Yes. So I'm going to give them three or four, and I think that's almost generous to the Marlins at this point. Okay. And then they finish. So they're four and two. Then they have a three-game set in Arizona. I'm going to give them two of three here. Uh, At home against Arizona. At home against Arizona. Did I say on the road? Yes. It's on me. It's It's on on me. Wake me up. No, take a fucking lap right now. (laughs) And September. Stop. Stop. You're you're ruining the podcast. Okay. (laughs) Back to the Diamondbacks. I'm going to give them two out of three at home. And I I wouldn't be surprised if the Brewers take all those three. Um, Arizona has not been very good on the road this year. And the Brewers need these three wins. But I think two of three is fair. So if they're splitting with St. Louis, they're taking three of four from the Marlins. That's four and two. Then they would go by that two of three from the Diamondbacks, six six and three three in their final remaining games. And that would put the Milwaukee Brewers. They're 82 and 71 right now. That would make them 88 and 74. I do also have Brewers. Uh, win total ticket at 88 and a half. Oh, huh. Oh. 88 and 74. Final uh, projected record for the Milwaukee Brewers. Walk through Beat the uh, Marlins Philly. Brewers. Give me my fucking ticket. <laughs> Let's talk Phillies now. Okay. Uh, they have Mar- uh, Zach Wheeler and Marcus Stroman going tonight at Wrigley. They've got one, two, three uh in chicago okay so you got wheeler and stroman let's call that a win wheeler and i would give that to the phillies i think that's fair (laughs) how about nola against wisneski nola's been pitching out of his mind as of late you know who's been pitching out of his mind of late is hayden wisneski the guy who went over to the cubs for scott efros so let's be conservative here and say that goes to chicago no let's that's the aaron nola is winning that game I'm going to give that to the Phillies. But how about the next one here? Thursday afternoon, Ranger Suarez and Javier Assad. I would give that to Ranger Suarez. I think they sweep the Cubs. I don't think that's out of line here. Ooh. You don't think they sweep the Cubs? They need these wins. Like, I what are the Cubs playing for? I mean, we could say, like, for example, we gave three of four. That Sometimes in baseball, you just lose the game, yes. whether you're favored or not. So, so let's say, two, say three. two of three. Okay, Let's say two of three. I'm on then, record, though. I, I, they're going to sweep that series. Fair, the Cubs fair. are awful. Then they go to Washington for three. Uh, no probable pitchers yet, but they're in Washington. Actually, they go to Washington for four. Three of four? Yeah. I mean, that's fair. 
Okay. Two of three plus three of four is five of seven. Five and two. Five and two. Five and two. And then they finish in Houston for a three-game set. That sounds really hard, but remember, Houston will have absolutely nothing to play for. Yeah. They also didn't really have much to play for in that series against the Rays. and did pretty well. It's still the Houston Astros. They're not benching anybody. So let's like, say... I think the Astros take two of three. Okay. So that's six and four. Six and four over the last ten? Yeah, I think the Brewers only have nine games left, and the Phillies have ten. Three against the Cubs, four against the Phillies, three against the Astros. Yeah. Or four against the four against Washington. Okay. Yeah. So six and four would put Philadelphia at 89 and 73. One game above the Brewers. Yeah. And anything could happen there. This thing's like, this is this is a su- like the Brewers have an easier schedule moving forward. And the Brewers have been playing better baseball than the Phillies have. This is by no means a lock for the Phillies to make the playoffs. If the Brewers Okay, here we go. You'll here see how I'll structure this. If the Brewers hop the Phillies and get into the postseason over Philly, here's what happens on Milwaukee's side. Here's what happens on Philly's side. Okay. If the Brewers hop Philly and get into the postseason on Philly's side, Bryce Harper continues to suck. Yep. If he sucks, Phillies could get jumped. If the Brewers overtake the Phillies, Yelich turned it on and Corbin Burns gave them two phenomenal starts. What's more likely here? The Brewers' outcome. It's hard to imagine that Harper continues to blow. But it's not just Harper. I mean, the Phillies' bullpen has not been good lately. Like, Sir Anthony Dominguez has had a couple blow-ups. Like, I like to turn on Sir Anthony Dominguez highlights because I like watching the man. And he has not been very good lately. Go Give me the stats for the Phillies' bullpen lately. Because... Sometimes when I'm watching games, you know, here and there, it can it look a little different than the overall statistics. But from what I've been seeing, the Phillies bullpen has been imploding. I'm pulling up the research portal. I need a little bit more time, man. We'll talk about oh. diet smoke in a moment here. Okay. Wake Since... me up. Oh, I was going to hold this while you're waiting. <laughs> no, stop, stop, stop. Should Since I talk the... about my, wait, should I talk about my Clark Schmidt PSA nine and a half out of man, 10 you while you're looking at that up? thing? You got to get that thing off your desk. That's what I mean. It's worth a billion dollars one day. Dude, it's hitting the it's hitting your ring light in such a weird way. It's glowing. So yeah, Peter has a ring light. He's not actually that hot. It's called being a content creator. Ever heard of it? <laughs> yeah, true. Just to quantify how bad the Phillies bullpen has been in the month of September, four nine two ERA for the Philadelphia Phillies. That is fourth worst in baseball, right in front of the Rockies. The Oakland A's and the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh. When we look at it, when we look at the stat like FIP, the Phillies are. Where are you, Phillies? The Phillies. Where is Philadelphia? What are they just not on here? Oh, they actually have a three point five three FIP. Pretty solid, but four nine two ERA. I mean, FIP doesn't really matter because it's about the production, especially in September. But a four nine two ERA, like this is some, this is sort of what we assumed would be happening with the Phillies bullpen all year, who has been much better than I would have thought. 
But recently, that has been a little bit of the downfall. And it's come in some blow-up games. I totally understand that. But overall, in the month of September, when it all adds up, you have the fourth-worst bullpen ERA in the sport. And where does Milwaukee sit on that? On this right now, let's let's check out where Milwaukee is. Since September. Since September, the Milwaukee Brewers have a 4.06 ERA, which is about middle of the pack. They rank yeah. 17th in baseball, while the Philadelphia Phillies rank 27th. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and in terms of starter ERA on the year, the Phillies are at 3.82. The Brewers are at 3.88. So th there's nothing to separate those two. So... You think it'll come down to the bullpen? Obviously, in September, it, it comes down to the bullpen. But I, I think it also comes down to the stars, you know, trying to run through the tape. And I have more confidence in Harper running through the tape, knowing that their backs are not against the wall, but but there's somebody clipping at them. You know, I also, but I also at the same time have full confidence in the Milwaukee Brewers and Corbin Burns to turn it up and give them two great starts. Woodruff, like you said, has been pitching phenomenal. And if we're looking at the month of September, the Milwaukee Brewers as a, as a staff in terms of starting pitchers, 4.34 ERA to the Phillies at 4.79. So the Phillies are bottom five in starter ERA and bottom five in bullpen ERA in the month of September. That is not winning baseball, Jack. No, it's so, not. And, and Harper is not the only issue here. Like Harper is a cog that is incredibly important in the middle of the lineup, but most of the Phillies lineup hasn't been that great either. Like you pointed to some good players right now with Real Muto and his OPS, but the batting average hasn't been there. He's hitting 300 in September. Oh, I thought you said 200. Never no, he's hitting Real Muto has been good. Uh, uh, Real Muto has been good. But it, the entirety of the lineup hasn't been great. Um, yeah, I mean, like it, it's glaring with Harper and Stott. That's the big issue here. Um, but I don't know. It's going to be really telling. And I, I kind of love that it's coming down to what's Yelich going to do down the stretch? What's Harper going to do down the stretch? That that feels very 2018, which is awesome. And I thought 2018 was a great time for baseball. Let's talk Mariners because Seattle has made it a lot harder on themselves than they should have. And it got really hard with Julio Rodriguez hitting the mend at lower back strain. He's on the 10-day I.L., We'll see what he looks like for the postseason. I don't think this is going to limit him. I bet he's back for the start of a wild card series, but and it's a back strain, man. And this is a freak athlete and the lower back. You need the lower back to be all good here. Um, I don't know. I, I think that they might be in some trouble here. I think a lot of it comes offensively. The good news before we get into the bad, let's actually start with the good. They locked up Luis Castillo long-term. So this is a, a freed-up Luis Castillo. He doesn't have to pitch for his next contract because he just got his next contract. And it guarantees you, I thought Jeff Passan put it so well, guarantees you four more chances at a postseason rotation of Luis Castillo, Robbie Ray, Logan Gilbert, and George Kirby. It's a really good postseason rotation. Luis Castillo, the way his contract is structured is really weird. Five years, 108, a vesting option in the 2028 season that could push it to six for 133. That's $25 million that he'll get in 2028 if he throws 180 innings in 2027. I like it a lot. Um, he got a $7 million signing bonus. He'll make 10 mil next year and would have what would have been his final year of arbitration. After that, he's making just under 23 a year. Um Full no trade clause. Okay, whatever. It's not like they were going to move him. Um, 
the weird thing that I saw was and and Passon put this out. There's a club option on Castillo in 2028 if he tears his UCL. So if he has Tommy John between 2025 and 2027, the Mariners instead of one year 25, if he throws 180 innings in 27, would be one year five million, which feels dirty and slimy a little bit. Most Jerry DePoto shit ever. Is it? It, it just feels like ah oh, shit. We we see what's we see what's going on with Boz and with Bueller, and you know we saw like last now last year. We we got to make sure we've got our our bases covered. Yeah, no, that's why I said it's the most Jerry Depoto shit ever. He covers all bases, no pun intended. Actually, pun intended. That was a good one. Um, <laughs> you no, know, but seriously, I mean, this doesn't this seem like a we're going to cover every single inch because the Mariners are not a team that gives up these big, these huge contracts. Um, so it does make sense with what you were saying that a lot of players are going through these similar type of surgeries and you don't want to be held holding the bag if you're the Mariners. But if you're Luis Castillo, you're kind of thinking to yourself, what? You want to put that in there? But he he signed it, so he was okay with it. I feel like we're going to start to see this type of clause in most contracts moving forward. Because, I mean, you get Tommy John, you're just out for the entirety of the year. Like Shane Boz not, might not even be back in all of 2023. We're seeing Tyler Glass now finally return. And it's like, is it on the books? They're probably thinking to themselves, is it worth it to give these guys? Because most of them are going to get it, unfortunately, at this point. Yeah, it's hard. And I think that Seattle saw how effectively they could get creative with Julio Rodriguez's extension. Obviously, that that's a major pendulum swing, right? It's anywhere for it's it's like a hundred million dollar swing if he hits certain incentives here. So I think they saw that and they said, Wow, this was a master class in creativity. Let's do that to a subdued version here to cover our ass if Luis Castillo does hit the mend. Um you know, there's nothing like mechanically that you're going to point to to say, oh, Luis Castillo is probably due for this because also, nobody's due for a torn UCL. But we're also like going through the nitty gritty of it. Overall, on the surface, good deal for both sides. The Mariners locked down an ace caliber pitcher. Is he better um, than Robbie Ray? Yes, he's better than Robbie Ray. But Robbie, give Robbie Ray some credit, please. I will. You? I will. Yeah, I, I admitted defeat to the Robbie Ray thing in like August. Okay. Okay. All right. Don't get upset. Um, I know Robbie Ray makes you upset, and I get I'm not it. upset with you. I'm upset with Robbie Ray pitching well. He is pitching well. That's my problem. But but at the same time, Luis Castillo is better than Robbie Ray, and Robbie Ray signed a five year one ten, and Luis Castillo signed five years one oh eight. Of course, he's bypassing arbitration, so it's not exactly the same thing. And on a per year basis, once he's passed that, we'll be making more because he deserves more. But it's not a crazy contract. Overall, win win for both sides. Mariners lock up the ace and Luis Castillo gets the bag that he deserves. There's something super sexy about Castillo, Ray, Gilbert, Kirby in the post. Phenomenal. George and Kirby's a freak show. Can we admit that? Oh, we've been admitting that. I think we talked about it at the beginning of the year, even before anybody saw him. Arm was the guy who, you remember that guy from Elon and he just started to tick up in velocity and then never walked anybody and his stuff looked great. And then he shot up to the bigs and has been awesome sense and is going to be one of the most impactful rookies come playoff time but i think this is a good transition because the seattle mariners will be in the playoffs because 
to their credit, the Orioles have not been good, but the Mariners have now lost three series in a row to the Angels, the Royals, and the A's. Including an implosion, including, talk about implosion, how about an 11-run inning that they gave up? And if we're talking about, like, what has been, you know, what's the reason for this implosion in Seattle, it hasn't been the hitting. They are the sixth best team in terms of WRC Plus since September 16th when these series started. But since September 16th, you want to go through some of these numbers? Pitching? How about Seattle having a 6-1-0 ERA from their starting pitching since September 16th when these started? How about in terms of bullpen ERA? A guy like Eric Swanson, who now has a one eight five ERA, which is still great, but it was a lot lower a little while ago. He has not been very good. Matt Brash has had some tough appearances. And now when we look at the Seattle Mariners bullpen ERA, it's around a f- almost a 5, 4 yeah. Nine, two. Yeah, it is not good. It's skewed by some guys that yes. are are throwing in high leverage situations. So like Matthew Boyd been great out of the bullpen. Flexen been great in the month of September. Andres Munoz, all three of those guys have yet to allow a run in the month of September. Penn Murphy. But, you're, but at the same time, you're not going to see Matt Boyd. You're not going to see Chris Flexen in the playoffs. You might see Flexen, and you Maybe. sure as hell will see Andres Munoz. Sure oh, as hell. Definitely. We'll oh. see Munoz. Munoz is one of the best relievers in the American League. I'm t- when are you going to see Flexen? They have Marco Gonzalez as the five, so they obviously believe in him more, at least as a starter. Flexen has, six, Flexen? Flexen has six appearances all coming out of the bullpen in September. I think they're gearing up for him to be a September relief option here. Okay, And he's been good. That. Here's no, he who's been, been bad. You mentioned Swanson was terrible. Five and two-thirds, eight hits, six earned runs in the month of September. Diego Castillo, five runs across six innings in the month of September. Matthew Festa been bad. Matt Brash, you mentioned he's had some blow-up outings. Paul Sewell been fine, but has been iffy, touch and go. Logan Gilbert has been awesome as a starting pitcher as of late. And Gilbert hit this rough stretch, I think, right after the All-Star break. But in his last five starts, he's been phenomenal. Since then, Marco Gonzalez been mid, as we know he is. George Kirby has hit a bit of a snag. Luis Castillo, teensy bit of a snag. Robbie Ray, teensy bit of a snack. You can't have these guys all hitting blips in the radar at this point if you're in a wild card hunt. And that's what's happened to them. Exactly. That's what's happened to them. I'm just, what I want to look up is because I know the Mariners have gotten a lot out of their bullpen this year, and it's been one of the best in baseball. But I'm trying to find how many innings where they're ranked in innings right now because. I know that this Mariners bullpen has been used a ton, and maybe it's just kind of catching up to them a little bit. Um, yeah, here's innings pitched. Seattle. Actually, oh, well, it's it's all actually very, very similar. But Seattle is is towards the bottom of, of using their bullpen, and I'm just worried, is it is it sort of catching up to them a little bit at the end of the season? I just, the only reason I'm saying this is I hope they're not limping into the playoffs when their strength is that bullpen. Like you don't want that moving into the playoffs. No, and, and I think that they're going to do a good enough job of limiting their impact bullpen arms down the stretch. I, I think that they'll throw as like tune-ups. And again, they don't have to worry about Baltimore. They're in. Question no, they're... is, were they jostling for position with Toronto and Tampa? And the answer right now looks like an emphatic no. 
What I will say is J-Rod was far and away the best hitter for them this month before going down with that back strain. He was hitting 383 across 16 games. Guys that are hitting under 200 in the month of September. Mitch Hanniger, Adam Frazier, Jesse Winker, Carlos Santana, Abraham Toro, Sam Haggerty, Kurt Casale, Taylor Trammell. That's their entire lineup. And Trammell, I think, just got optioned. There have been few worse hitters in baseball in the month of September and just kind of lately overall than Jesse Winker. Winker's been full-blown bad. Horrible. He's hitting bad in the field. Bad in the field. Real bad. Since the All-Star break in 48 games, Jesse Winker is hitting a buck 97, slugging 317. Here's why I'm lower on the Mariners moving into the playoffs. You don't think they have the sex appeal offensively? No, because the Guardians don't have the sex appeal offensively. Yeah, but they there's do. No, Oscar there's, Gonzalez is hot as fuck. You know what I'm saying, though. It, in in terms of where are the holes in the Guardians lineup besides Austin Hedges? There That's isn't it. really Hedges any. That's it. Yeah, and and Maley doesn't even play all the time in the Mariners lineup. Their best hitters are Julio Rodriguez, who's Cal hurt? Raleigh, who, who's hurt, Cal Raleigh. Ty France, who has not had a good second half, and a Eugenio Suarez. Like, those are the best hitters in the lineup. And then the rest you aren't afraid of. You need incre- – and then if the – that's why I'm talking so much about the bullpen. I'm not just bagging on them for no reason. The reason I'm talking about it and why I feel like it's so important is because if the bullpen isn't the best bullpen – and the starters aren't incredible. They almost don't really have a chance here when you put them up against the Astros or even the Guardians, who are a better, well-rounded unit, I think, than them. And then the Rays and the Blue Jays are both better than them. And then, of course, if you get the Yankees hot, they can beat anybody. I don't feel good about the back two-thirds of this lineup right now. I, I'll i give them Mitch Hanniger, like I, I, a healthy yeah. J-Rod. I feel decent about JP, J-Rod, Ty France, and Hanniger. But I after that, that good about JP, I don't feel that good about JP Crawford at all, but he's the leadoff <laughs> guy. But, but once you get yeah. five and down the last, okay. With no J rod on Sunday in that implosion against Kansas city, 13, 12, they lost to the Royals. This was their lineup. JP Crawford let off. Ty France was the two hitter. Mitch Hanniger is the three hitter. Feel okay about that. I do. Yeah. Feel fine. Yeah. Carlos Santana, who's hitting 194 on the year, has been bad in September. Is the cleanup? Yeah. Don't feel no good sh- about that. He Cal- was like DFA'd by the Royals, and now he's hitting fourth. Yeah, DFA traded for nothing. Like kind of same thing. He wasn't yeah. truly DFA'd. Um, Cal Raleigh hitting 207, the quietest 25 homer season you will ever see in your entire life. No. I do like Cal Raleigh. I think I he's fun that. as a switch hitting catcher. He's a good defensive catcher. So Raleigh was the five hitter. Six, seven, eight, nine. Jared Kelnick, Jesse Winker, Adam Frazier, Taylor Trammell. I can't outs. sleep at night if that's my six through nine. Those are outs. And yeah. they're being and they're outs against average pitching. And you Imagine. can't have outs in the postseason. You can't have four outs in a row in the postseason. Exactly. And that's four outs in a row, like kind of almost guaranteed. And then in the top five, there are some outs there. There are some outs there. It's not like Ty France has been raking. Cal Raleigh can give you some home runs, but if he's not hitting home runs against really good pitching, 
Like, you got Julio, who's kind of hurt right now. I'm not trying to bag on the Mariners because I love the Mariners. Like, I, I've I've grown really fond of watching them this year. Over the full season, they are a great team, and they deserve to be a playoff team, and they will be a playoff team. But now I'm holding them to a higher standard. When I look how well the Guardians are playing, especially into September, uh, the Yankees are heating up. They're almost becoming underrated in that way. The Rays and the Blue Jays are still good. I don't care what anybody says about the Rays. The Rays will... They'll ray it up. And then the Astros are the best team in, in the American League and arguably the best team in the sport. Like, you're going up against some really, really tough teams. And right now, if I had to power rank American League playoff teams, they're last. Yeah. Where and would you that's rank where them? they'll be. No, last. Yeah. It'll be... Because the Guardians, be... people think that the Mariners are just better than the Guardians. I'm no, like, no, they false, aren't. False. It, it, I th- honestly think it's tight between Seattle and Tampa. I think the Guardians are clearly better than those two teams. Agreed. Tampa is struggling, especially with Shane McClanahan having a tough second half. Not tough. Tough for his standards, of course. Tough for his standards, and the shoulder impingement hurt. Yes. Getting Glass now back is nice. But again, that offense lacks impact. But remember, we've got through this before. That Rays offense is better than the Mariners. Slightly. Yeah, it is, though. And... The Rays, they're pitching. They got that bullpen, too, like Seattle does. And if you have Glasnow, Rasmussen, and McClanahan, that starting pitching goes up against them. I I would take Kevin Cash as a manager over Scott Service. There's a lot of things that lean towards the Rays in this. I'm not saying the Rays are that much better, but they are better. What do you think? The trial or... T-Mobile Park. <laughs> T-Mobile Park is is yeah no it is T-Mobile is uh, yeah, way better. It, it, yeah, it is cooler. Yeah, um, but it is a way better ballpark. But playing in the Trop is tough. Yeah, it's tough. Like in a three-game set, let's go through it. You have McClanahan versus Castillo. Versus Castillo. Toss up right now. Toss up. Okay. You have Rasmussen versus Ray. Toss up. Is it? Toss up. Sure. Glass Gilbert, now? Gilbert and Glass now? They're all toss ups. They are. And then Kirby and Springs. They're all toss ups, man. I love the postseason. It's going to be That's sad. the beauty. <laughs> and like you are tasked with betting on the postseason. Yes. I can just sit here and say, this is sweet. I don't know what's going to happen. Let's watch together. Betting on the postseason is impossible. It's so you have hard. No idea who's going to win. You can't. Oh. How do you cap it? You can't. You can try your best, and we were profitable last year in the postseason. But I can tell you, I was holding my breath every single time, not truly confident in any bet I ever placed. Yeah, this just baseball content schedule is going to be really good in the postseason mm-hmm. this year. It's going to be. You know, I mean, every morning I'll put together one of those previews that I was doing last year. Obviously, you're going to put together your your best bets that day. We're going to have a ton of written content going out. Um, it's going to be good, man. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. One more thing we got to hit before we go. There's a, a massive series that is going to be huge, huge, huge implications for these sides. Atlanta and New York are jostling for the National League East. It's not going to be decided by this weekend. And as the NL East stands right now, Atlanta is a game and a half back of the Mets. Those two are supposed to meet in Atlanta this weekend. Hurricane Ian 
is coming and it is probably going to hit the Atlanta area hard. How do you manage this? Do you postpone Friday? Ryan Finkelstein wrote it up on uh, on JustBaseball.com. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting. Do you think they move it? So Ryan posted on his Twitter. He wrote that article, and then people were like asking questions in the comments. And he said that there is a solid chance that they use a neutral site in Miami, which has a dome. But I it's it's going. So when he said that, I thought to myself. Well, it's going across the Gulf. I hope Miami's going to be okay, but Miami is is way southern Florida. I don't think it's actually supposed to touch Miami as it's much. It's not going to touch Miami. Yeah, so they could use Miami as a neutral site because the Braves will already be down there. I think that's an interesting way to do it because Atlanta is supposed to get crushed. And this is a very, very important series here. Um, but before we finish up on this point, we're going to take a break to tell you guys about Diet Smoke. Okay. Diet Smoke is the solution to avoid these Oh shit, I'm way too high moments. Diet Smoke makes Delta 8 THC, Delta 9 THC, and CBD products that are perfectly balanced. Their gummies, drinks, and vapes are not only delicious, they're guaranteed to give you that beautiful buzz you've been looking for without melting into the couch. They extract their THC and CBD from American-grown hemp, meaning they can ship directly to your door. No prescription, no sketchy weed dealer, no need to even leave the house. Diet Smoke just released a bunch of new products and flavors, so no matter what type of mood you're in, they got you covered. So if you're ready for that perfect high, head over to dietsmoke.com and use Just Baseball for 15% off your entire purchase. Must be 21 and older to order. Going back to the hurricane for a second, like this is just scary for the rest of America. Like I know we don't talk about um, a bunch of these things, um, but it is very scary. And like we're talking about it in a baseball sense, but I hope everyone in these surrounding areas, please stay safe. Yes. Um, this is very, very scary. And we hope that all of you are doing okay in this time. Um, but just in the baseball sense, hopefully they can get these games through. But in a much larger sense, there's a much more to be worried about here. Yes, but much, much more to be worried about here. Um, and yeah, again, hope everybody stays safe. Um, yeah, and the question is, how do you go about it? Because obviously... They're not going to try and, you know, tough something out in a place where it's literally unsafe to be. Um, and you don't want people sticking around because they got to go to a ball game, right? It's uh, even if it's a, a really big ball game, that, that's not going to happen. So I could see them relocating this thing because um, it's got to happen. That's the thing. Like you can't not play these games. If it was two eliminated teams, you know, you could probably scrap these games. Um, you can't do that when you got a division title, especially with this expanded postseason on the line here, because it's going to be massive. So I, I do like the idea that, that Fink suggested where, you know, maybe you relocate or you could wait it out. Uh, you can't really shift the schedule too much for, for either of these sides. So um, I could, I could see it happening at the depot. What if they played it in Oakland with the sewage? Maybe. Yeah, that would be good. Also London, just get, professional baseball back to London have Ooh. both those teams super jet lagged and see who is actually the toughest. I like that. Like you know each what? game in a different country. You know what? Melbourne. Let's go yep. to Melbourne. Yeah. Let's go to Melbourne let's or play it like tomorrow <laughs> or Oakland. Oakland they and Melbourne mean, are they, kind of the same thing. Their fans deserve it. They've been dealing with seats that are broken 58 people have been in attendance. Their fans Give deserve them. their fans deserve watching two other teams that aren't the A's. 
Yeah, I'm sure they'd be pumped for that. Are you kidding me? They've been watching Oakland A baseball with Jonah Bride leading off. No, they got to send off Stephen Vogt into the sunset. Imagine Mets Phillies in the Coliseum. Just out of Mets nowhere. Braves in the Coliseum. Yeah, Mets Braves in the Coliseum. In Why not Mets Phillies? Co. Screw it. I'm in. Um, all right. I think that's it for me. Indy is in Columbus this week. How about this lineup for Columbus that I'm seeing tonight? Richie Palacios, Brian Rocchio, Bo Naylor, who's been crazy, David Fry, George Valera, Nolan Jones, Oscar Mercado, Jose Tena, Trenton Brooks, with young <laughs> Kenzie Noel sitting on the bench. If you are a Guardians fan, you if are you're... set up for a decade of incredible baseball. And imagine if they'd spend money. If you're not a Guardians fan, I highly recommend becoming one. Literally. This is the time to do so. Because this this isn't even like the window opening. Andres no, Jimenez this is the year before been, the window should open. Andres Jimenez has been one of the best hitters in the entire sport this year. If you look at WRC+, Plus, if you look at War, just total as a great second baseman. Ahmed Rosario has been great defensively. Steven Kwan is becoming one of the best rookies in Major League Baseball. Jose Ramirez is one of the best players in the sport. Josh Naylor has taken a huge step forward this year. Oscar Gonzalez has crazy pop. I don't even know if he's going to be the answer, though, moving forward. They could dangle him in trade talks. Oh, because they have George Valera sitting there. And they have Rokio, who could play shortstop. I don't know what they're going to do with Ahmed Rosario. And we could possibly see that the Guardians trade Shane Bieber. But that doesn't mean that they are giving up by any stretch of the imagination. Shane Bieber is going to be expensive, and he should be expensive. But then they have Daniel Espino coming up. They have so much. And then if they just sign one marquee free agent, and then their bullpen is awesome. Like They, are a, they will be a formidable team. For the next decade. Arm and I just like praised the hell out of the Guardians on yesterday's podcast. And now we're doing it again. I think we're just a Guardians podcast now. We are. I said if I wasn't born into being a Yankee fan, I posted on Twitter, I'd be leaping into this bandwagon. I'd be riding shotgun with Quantrill driving, McKenzie in the back seat, and Andres Jimenez sitting in the middle. Me and, Quan, me and Quan will bike and we will be there later and we'll be on a tandem bike. I love the Guardians. Yeah, me too. All right. Uh, you and Aram for a mailbag tomorrow? Mailbag. I don't know when we'll be doing the next mailbag because next Wednesday. Oh, we might do a mailbag because this week it's uh, we'll be doing something else. Mailbag will be the week after because we do it every two weeks. Got you. Okay. You and Aram are going to do something else. It's probably going to be super cool. It's going to be sick. And with that, thank you, everybody.